Hello. We want to thank you for joining our Living Messiah family by downloading this podcast. We hope it blesses you and enriches your life. We also want to encourage you, uh, if you can, and if your heart is so moved, to support this ministry by going on our website, livingmessiah.com, and donating to help us to put these podcasts in every nation, every place, so we can bring these messages to change lives, to help people grow in the Word of God. Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom. Excellent. Shabbat shalom, everyone. I'm glad all of you guys are here today. Um, Let me open in prayer, and then we can just get right into our study. Father Yahuwah, we give you great thanks. Father, we thank you for another wonderful Shabbat. We thank you for all the people that you've uh, gathered here, and then we'll continue to gather later on uh, in the evening here. We thank you, Father. We come to grow closer to you and your Son, to your words, and to one another, Father. So empower us with your Spirit and your understanding so that we can become better obedient children before you. We thank you. And the, the, uh, we thank you for your love that we find in the blood of your son, Yahshua. Amen. All right. So let me see here. Uh, the, uh, the normal things. Uh, just, um, oh, I just wanted to mention those online, too. Thank you for joining us uh, every week. I do appreciate it. And if your heart leads you to support, uh, support us here at Living Messiah, I encourage you to go to livingmessiah.com, and you can always donate there. But thank you in advance for that. So uh, comments and questions, as usual, we have a mic. Just raise your hand. Paul will make his way to you. Be brief. Uh, I just, we just ask, be brief, you know, and on point of what we're talking about. And let's not try to get uh, too far ahead of the text where we're at so we all can learn together. So last week, well, uh, last week we... we um, we looked into why Yeshua used the idea of the servant being lifted up in the wilderness as he used it for himself because he used the terminology, the son of man. Just like the serpent in the wilderness that Moses lifted, so will the son of man be lifted up. So we looked into um, why he did that. And the major thing that I wanted to bring, uh, make note of that, of that example was... Because just like the serpent was lifted up and those who looked upon it had life and did not die, the same that we'll see with Yahshua happens as well. But the thing is, he was using that, and we have to understand it, the, the, similar, or the, the picture being used means just, just like the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness and the Torah and the commandments of the Almighty were applicable, okay, were, were to be obeyed. There is no difference then when Yahshua later on is lifted up and all look unto him, the same, um, the same obedience to this, those same commandments are still, um, are still there and they cannot be, uh, so we need to look at the picture equally. We can't just look at, uh, look at it and think something has changed, okay? So that's what I want to focus on, that idea of a banner or a sign to all the peoples, okay? And I had mentioned last week, this theme is also in the prophets. The prophets also have this idea, uh, or let's say it's mentioned in the prophets um, as well. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to look at Isaiah, where I didn't, uh, I didn't get to finish uh, reading through. We're going to look at this portion in Isaiah. Now, as I read it, I want you to think. Think of, uh, you know, the son of Adam, Yahshua, okay, and his mission, and how Israel, okay, a nation, which is also used as a son, okay, a son, and remember, Yahshua is then the son of Elohim, the parallels, okay? So, because we do have, because we just were talking about being born again, and a child being born, and Israel being born, and how Messiah fits into that. So, hopefully, what I want you to look at is that idea how Yeshua is the ultimate servant, the ultimate son, just like Israel as a nation and a collective people, the people of God, the people of this book should be as well, okay? So, that will bring us to where I want to go is Isaiah 49. And we're going to be focusing on the idea of that sign and that banner being lifted up, that hope that we see in Isaiah, and later on we see how it um, comes together with Yahshua as well. So Isaiah 49 begins this way. Listen to me, O coastlands, and hear you people from afar. Yahuwah has called me from the womb. From my mother's belly he has caused my name to be remembered. He, and he made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me and made me a polished uh, shaft. In his quiver, he hid me. And he said to me, you are my servant, O Israel, in whom I adorn. So you see already, you see this idea of Israel, a nation. It's not necessarily, you'll see that this isn't Jacob. To me, it's talking about the nation or the people collective. Let's say the bride of Christ is another terminology that we can apply here. Then he goes on, and he said to me, You are my servant, O Israel, in whom I am adored. And I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for emptiness and in vain. But my right ruling is with Yahuwah in my work with my Elohim. And now, and now said Yahuwah, who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring back Jacob, back to him. Though Israel is not gathered to him, yet I am esteemed or glorified in the eyes of Yahuwah, and my Elohim has seen my strength. So it's interesting. It's talking about a nation, but yet at the same time, it's talking about someone else. It's being paralleled with someone else, another servant. Ultimately, I'd like to set forth this concept. Yeshua is the epitome of what Israel was to be and do. I see that picture of Yeshua, um, a picture of Israel or what we should be. And that makes sense, doesn't it? Because doesn't most of us read the New Testament? What does Yeshua ask us to do? Do what I do. Because I'm doing what the Father told me to do. So I don't think that's far off to think that way. And while we're talking about this, if we are to be the image of him to the nations, Yeshua, to the nations, then 
we must return to the ancient paths. Like the prophet Jeremiah talks about. So if we're going to be that image to the nations, be the light to the nations, then we must return back to what that, what that is and then how to accomplish that. So let's continue here in Isaiah 49. And he says, Shall it be a small matter for you to, uh, to be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob? So you can see it can't be Israel raising up Israel, so to speak. So there must be this special one here. To, uh, to be a servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring them back to the, bring back the preserved ones of Israel. And I shall give you as a, oh wow, there it is, a light into the nations or to the goyim, to be my deliverance to the ends of the earth. So this servant is being proclaimed here in Isaiah that this servant's going to bring that covenant, all right, to be a light to the nations. And ultimately, somehow, Israel, the people of God, have been scattered everywhere. And he's going to bring them back where they need to be. Bring them home. Thus says Yahuwah, the Redeemer of Israel, their set-apart one, to the despised, to the loathed, one of the nation, to the servant of rulers, sovereigns, shall see and uh, arise. Rulers also shall bow themselves because of Yahuwah, who is steadfast, the set-apart one of Israel. And he has chosen you. Because we have been chosen. Messiah was going to talk about, you know, when you accept him, when you accept the Almighty, you have been chosen. Thus says Yahuwah, in, in a favorable time, favorable time, I shall answer you. And in the day of deliverance, I shall help you. And I will guard you and give you for a covenant of people to restore the earth to to cause them to inherit the ruin the ruined inheritance wow there's a lot on this one particular servant and look what he's going to do it sounds like he's going to deliver and he's going to be guarded to make sure that he accomplished this mission and and somehow in him he's going to be a covenant for all the people. To say to the prisoners, go out, and to those who are in darkness, show yourselves. That's an interesting phrase. Those who are in darkness, show yourselves. Those who are not in the commandments, you're in the darkness. So ultimately, at the end, it's going to be light everywhere. So if you're hiding out over here, you're going to know the Almighty is the one who rules. Everyone's going to bow before him, whether you want to or not. So that light, those that are in darkness, I see there's going to be a great light that's going to be shone upon them. And in some ways, hasn't that happened to us? Not only through Yeshua, but then following him and... We have seen more that his commandments are for us today, and it's bringing us even further out of that darkness. So anyhow, let's go on. 
And it says, to the prisoners, go out, and to those who are in darkness, show yourselves. Let them feed on the ways, and let their pastures be on, on all bare hills. They shall not hunger nor thirst, neither heat nor sun strike them. For he who has compassion on them shall lead them, even by the fountains of water guide them. That's an amazing idea going there. There's a comfort in there, isn't there? And does it sound like a pattern before that we heard before Isaiah that, that happened to them? In the Exodus, he guided them. He fed them on the way. He was a, a shepherd. Even back then in the bringing them out of Egypt, that's the whole concept of a shepherd, guiding them and bringing them. Again, you see, Yeshua is not using anything new when he speaks. So it goes on. And they, they were fed. They were guided by water. And water was given to them. And remember, that's Israel, that newborn nation, that born-again nation that came out of Egypt. And I shall make my, mountain, uh, my mountains away and my highways raised up. See, these come from afar and see those from the north and from the west and um, these from the land of Sinem. Sing, O heavens, rejoice, O earth, and break out in singing, O mountains, for Yahuwah shall comfort his people and have compassion on his afflicted ones. There's hope in here, in this awesome parallel of Israel and nation and Yeshua being that ultimate servant, I would suggest. But uh, Zion, but Zion says, Yahuwah has forsaken me and Yahuwah has forgotten me. We kind of see that happening today. Not, uh, not in our lives, but also physically in the land with Jerusalem. But the master, Yahuwah, says this, Would a woman forget her nursing child? Back to that idea of that newborn baby, that newborn and not have compassion on the son of her womb, though they forget, though the people forget, I never forget you. That's awesome. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are always before me. Your sons shall hurry. Your destroyers and those who laid you waste depart from you. Lift up your eyes, um, Eyes around about you in sea, all of them gathered together and come against you. That is so much today. Unbelievable how everyone's gathering against Jerusalem, gathering against uh, those who live there in the land, wanting to divide it up. And I would say that comparison is, should be you as an individual because they're gathering around you right now here politically in so many other different ways coming against you, but there's hope. 
Lift up your eyes all around and see them gather together and come against you. As I live, declares Yahuwah, you shall put on all of them as a garment and bind them on you as a, a bride does. For your wastes and your uh, desert places and the land of your destruction shall soon be too narrow for the inhabitants, while those who are, swallow, are, are swallowed you up are far away. So we're going to see there's hope for the land that's going to have. Things are going to change when he returns. The sons of your bereaved shall yet say in your ears, the place is too narrow for me. Make room for me to live. And you shall say in your heart, who has brought forth these for me? Who is bringing back all the children of Israel into this narrow, teeny piece of property that is now called Israel today. You shall say in your heart, who has brought all, all these to me since I am bereaved and barren and exiled and wandering to and fro? It sounds like a lot of the children are not home yet. And who reared them? See, I was left alone and where did... Where did these come from? So Israel seems alone right now. But then they're going to, where's all these, where's all our children going to come back? The children of Jacob, of Israel, they're going to return. Thus says Master Yahweh, see, I lift up my hand up to the, to, to the nations. Here's that sign. And set my banner right there. I set my banner. I set a sign for the peoples. And they shall bring your sons in their arms and your daughters carried on their shoulders. So it sounds like to me, just like Yeshua is being lifted up and those who look on upon him have life, there's something else happening. They look upon Yeshua. We look upon him as the Messiah. He becomes our rabbi. We seek the ancient paths, and now we have a desire to nut. One day we're going to be back home. I know there's, a, however that works out, we're going, he's going to bring us back home. It's very narrow right now, but our hope is, and we know this to be true, that land will get much bigger. And those who are living in the land are going to be, oh my gosh, there is all the brothers, all my brothers and sisters. There's all the children of Israel. Not only just Jews out there, but there's many others who've joined themselves to Yahuwah. And it's amazing. So you see a twofold thing that's happening with this banner being lifted up. Because we're the ones that's recognizing this banner being lifted up, just like the serpent in the wilderness was lifted up and the children of Israel looked upon it. We know that Yahshua, he himself makes that statement, will be lifted up and all will look upon him. All that look upon him will have life, right? But look what else happens. That life and, and then eventually return whether it's in our lifetime or is in the resurrection, either way, you end up there. 
So, but it's going to be an awesome, whether we're alive at that time or whoever's alive at that time, it's going to be an awesome thing that's going to happen. And they shall bring your sons in their arms and your daughters carried them on your shoulders. Some of that has even happened already in, in a lot of ways. A lot are returning to the land and themselves. And sovereign shall be your foster fathers and their sovereignness your nursing mothers. What's that mean? That means these children are being raised in other nations. And we're not, we're not home, so to speak, right? But we're being raised by our Messiah here in these other nations being raised up. And then that's, who, that's where all the children are going to come from. Sounds like a, a picture that we hear quite often. Mark touches upon this all the time. They shall bow down to you with their faces to the earth and lick up the dust of your feet, and you shall know that I am Yahuwah. Those who wait on me shall not be ashamed. There's that hope. So just like this flagpole, this sign, that is, that's the concept that's here that was in the wilderness Messiah uses it, and it's in the center here as well. The prophets bring it together. It's my hand, my standard. A signal shall be brought to the exiles. That's what uh, I think it's Rashi says, the commentator, the Jewish commentator saying about this. This is, this is a sign to the exiles, okay? We've been exiled, but we will return. So... Here's, and this is interesting, Mark, uh, you had mentioned this, you and Polly, and I told my wife, I, said, I had this in my notes a couple weeks before, and you said the same thing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat it again. It's a little bit different, but it's the same concept that came, it was interesting. So if we are to be representations of him, Yeshua, our father, okay, to the nations, again, we must return back to the ancient paths. That's the only way we can be a solid light and a solid representation. So you have to ask yourself, are you being a good representation of the Torah? And that includes the love, right judgments to them, to everyone else around you. Paul. Yeah, I, I, I want to kind of go into the word that says those who wait. Uh, the word there in Hebrew is kavah. So it's repeated twice, and a primitive root means to bind together, perhaps by twisting or mm. braiding, you could say, to collect, to expect. And then some of the words that are used there is to look patiently, to tarry, to wait, and so on, uh, to expect. Um, wait eagerly, looked hopefully, patiently, and so on. So it's a little bit more, because a lot of, I, I, I say this because for me, with the, the Greco-Roman Western mindset, wait just means like I'm standing in the line waiting for something. It might happen, maybe might not. Happen. Right. But if I'm bind together with it, you might say that, imagine a, a, a mother waiting on a pregnancy in expectation her life is tied up in that waiting process and the life of the thing that's there is tied up. Or if you're waiting on a, a child to come home from a distant place, 
there is an eager expectation. Your expectation is bound up into that. So it's more you're, you're braided, you're twisted into it. It's not just that you're waiting or waiting impatiently. There is a heart that's sewn into whatever it is you're waiting for. So in this case, if we're waiting on these things, then our heart and our expectation is woven into the outcome of that expectation. Does that make sense? I think it's wonderful, Paul, yeah. and I think that's uh, how we need to understand that. Because it's like you said, we see the word hope and stuff like that. And uh, I think a couple of weeks back, you know, we have to understand this hope, this expectation. It will be, and we have to understand it that it will happen, whether you're on board or not. It's going to happen. And like was Paul, I think the, the expectation of a child being born is perfect. You know you're going to have a child. The woman knows she's going to have a baby. Okay? So it's there. It's going to happen. So just like the, uh, um, the prophets are saying, it is to be understood. These things are going to happen. Messiah over and over again said, Verily, verily, I tell you. Right? Well, the thing is, what he's saying there actually in the Hebrew is like, amen, amen. It's, it's me. Surely this is going to happen. This will be. This will come to pass. There's no necessarily. There, so to have hope in him is to know that he is going to deliver what he says. Okay? Thank you, Paul. So let's continue with that concept. So you see this, uh, be, this sign being lifted up here, even in the prophets, and then uh, comes along Yahshua and says uh, in the same thing. And there's so much more in Messiah's mission as well. So then it goes on in Isaiah. Is prey taken from the mighty and the captives of the righteous uh, uh, delivered? Yet thus says Yahweh, even the captives of the mighty is taken away and the prey of the ruthless is uh, is delivered and i strive with though with with him who strives with you and i save your children who so there's a lot of going on here there's a tension going on there's a striving that's going on here let me let me finish this off and i have a something i want to point out that i believe is here and i shall feed those who oppress you with their own flesh and I'll let them drink their own blood as sweet wine all flesh shall know that I Yahuwah am your savior your redeemer the mighty one the God the Elohim of Jacob what's so amazing what I think is right here do you guys recall this phrase remember when Abraham uh, it, it has to do with Abraham. And Elohim, or God says to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. We just read that right here. Now, I want you to know there's something more to that, because a lot of times I know that gets applied to just uh, Jews. It was spoken to Abraham and his children. Are you a child of Abraham, believing in the, 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 that seed? Is Abraham your father, the father of faith? That means that is for you, too, not just the, the Jewish people. 
So let me comfort you a little bit more with this. I'll read it here in Genesis uh, 12.1. And Yahuwah said to Abraham, go yourself out of your land from your relatives. Get away from your worldly place where you've lived, right? From your relatives and from your father's house and to a land which I will show you. I shall make you a great nation and bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing, right? And I shall bless those who bless you and curse curse and curse him who curses you. And in you, all the clans, the tribes of the whole complete earth are going to be blessed by you, shall be blessed. So it's interesting. This first word for curse comes from a root that literally means to make little of something um, make some, uh, make something little of something, he- make light of something heavy. Sorry. So something that's very important, you make light of, and you just brush it off. Actually, comes from a, a completely different. Um, then the second word for curse. There's two words for cursed here. Okay, and the second word for curse actually comes from a completely different root that means something like to utterly destroy. And it's interesting, we kind of just read that. The translation then would be, I, I, will, uh, I will serve those who will serve you, and the one who makes light of you, us believing in the book. Those who make light of us, okay, like, eh, it's nothing. I will utterly destroy. And that's what Isaiah just said. So the end, they will utterly be destroyed. So you need to decide what team do you want to be on, really? Is it Yahweh or be utterly destroyed? Because remember, those who are cursing you, you stay the walk, you stay that path, he will take care of it. And he's going to utterly destroy them. That's what it says in the Hebrew. And that's the promise he gave to Abraham and his seed, his children. So it's awesome to see God's protection over the children of, of, uh, of Abraham. So again, like I said, you are the children of the seed of Abraham, the seed of the word of Elohim. Like kind produces like kind. Be like Abraham and obey the Torah. Obey our father's words. I think that's so awesome. So that you see how much is packed in here that you can find when you go back to the examples that Yeshua is using to speak. He's speaking many, many things at one time. And yes, he is our deliverer, but he's also our deliverer right now, not just in the future. He can deliver you right now from things. And we wouldn't need a lot of delivering in some places if we would just obey the commandments too. So keep that in mind. So let me go on here in John. After this, Yeshua and his taught ones came into the land of uh, 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 Judah or Judea. And he remained there with them and was immersing, baptizing, maybe your translation might have. And John was also immersing in Anan near uh, Salim, because there was plenty of water there. And they were coming 
and were being immersed or baptized there. For John had not yet been put in prison at this point. Then a dispute rose between some of John's disciples, taught ones, uh, and the, uh, the uh, uh, Yehudim, or the, the Jews at the time, okay, about cleansing. Because if you go back in the story where we are reading, we read a lot, or we went over a lot about this cleansing. And I pointed out to you, when, uh, even when Nicodemus came at night, there might have been, an, what I was trying to put forth, there's this idea of a power structure going on, how you need to do things, okay? Outside of just the basic commandments, it seems like there was always some friction on how to be, how how things are to be done. So when this, the dispute arose between some of John's taught ones and some of the, the Jews about, about cleansing, and they came to John, and he said to them, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have witnessed, that would be Yeshua, okay, the way I see it. See, he's emerging, and we and all are, are coming to him. And John answered and said, No man is able to receive any matter unless it is given to him from the heavens. So you have to know about him to really receive any of the commandments. Or the love of him. You have to acknowledge that he is. For yourselves are witness of me that I said I am not the Messiah but I am sent ahead of him. And we saw that. John said that over and over again. But let me go back to this whole thing. What are they, all of a sudden, they've got this disputing going on, okay? So the context seems to be about cleansing and baptizing, all right? And again, I might suggest maybe it was like, okay, John and your taught ones, uh, there's arguments going on. Maybe you're, you're not baptizing it under the name of the Pharisees up here. Or you're not baptizing over here under this name or whatever here. Or you're not doing it um, in, the, in this particular way in a particular mikvah. I don't know. But there was some kind of dispute that was going on here. So I would just, to me, it sounds like, well, that sounds like a lot of the issues that we have to deal with. You know, all of us. We got to look at. Okay. A lot of times are we bringing up issues and disputes that don't necessarily need to be there, okay? Some people baptize a particular way. Others baptize another particular way. But what happens is it seems like there's always some kind of police force that comes, gets, comes in. It's like, well, you can't baptize that way. If you baptize there in a swimming pool, it's not good. You have to baptize over there in the creek. If you don't do it in the creek, you, you know what I'm saying? And I showed you where if you went back in history, you saw it's like there was that whole idea of baptism was just to be, you could be been sprinkled and still been baptized. Okay? So I think a lot of the dispute that was going on uh, here was on the means and whose authority that you baptize and, and things like that. So it's kind of interesting. Maybe the whole thing I wanted to point out here is like there's always been little disputes between communities. And we have to like, we have to nip that stuff in the butt, you know? 
especially there's, uh, you know, they're just, I wrote something down here. I wrote this down earlier. And it, it's, it has to do with this whole idea about, oh, let me, give me a second here. I still got time here. I wrote this down. I jotted this down. So my point with this arguing or disputes that seem to pop up all the time, let's learn how to, to get closer to one another, okay? Not learn something more to divide on, okay? I think that's very important, okay? Um, I think it's a, just a good practice. So we're going to continue on here. And, um, and that he was, the, um, oh, then John goes on about Yeshua, okay? Saying, you know what, I have to decrease. It's always been known, and I've told you guys always, that he needs to increase, okay? He that has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the, remember we talked about the voice? Remember a couple weeks ago, we were talking about that voice. It seems like it's still popping up here. The voice of the bridegroom. So, the, so this joy of mine is complete. It is right for him to increase, but me, but me to decrease. He who comes from above is above all, and he who is from the earth is of the earth and speaks of the earth. Another way of saying that? He who is spiritual will talk about the Torah and the things that are written there. He who is just an earthly person or whatever, they're going to think it's done away with and they might seem spiritually, but they're going to be just talking everything that's really basically worldly as well. So, and what he has seen, he and heard that he witnesses, witness and no one receives his witness. Isn't that interesting? Because there's a lot who don't receive Yeshua's witness of who he was. Especially when it comes down to he witnessed about his father's commandments and his Torah. So even sometimes I see those who, in some say, say they accept the witness of Yeshua, actually deny his witness because they don't really want to follow everything that he's set forth. And there's a difference. We, uh, what I'm saying is we're all striving to work that in our lives, but that's much different saying all that Old Testament stuff we don't need to do. Okay? There's a difference in mentality there. Okay? For he whom Elohim has uh, sent speaks the words of what? The words of Elohim. And at this point, there was no New Testament. All the words of Elohim are the, the, the Torah, the uh, the Old Testament. For Elohim does not give the Spirit by measure. For the Father loves the Son, and He has given all unto His hand. He who believes in the Son possesses everlasting life. But he who does not obey the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of Elohim remains on him. Did you catch that last part here? He who believes in the Son, Yeshua, right? Looks upon him, accepts him as a Savior, right? Possesses eternal life. But he who does not obey that Son, 
shall not see life. That's weird. That it sounds like maybe it sounds like Jesus says, you know what? If you believe in me and you do what I said, and it's all what the Father has been telling me to do that I'm showing you, and it's all in the Old Testament. It's all from Mount Sinai. If you do that, you have everlasting life. But then Jesus turns around, Yeshua turns around and says, but if you don't obey me, Jesus, if you don't obey Jesus, Yeshua, you're not going to see life. Those are pretty heavy words. You don't hear that quoted a whole bunch, do you? Because to me, he really lays it down there because if you look at everything that the son told you to do, Yeshua tells us to do, it is to obey everything that was written at Mount Sinai. So I think that's pretty, pretty, pretty heavy right there. So we can see what's going on here. We see how Yeshua is uh, being a witness. He's revealing who he is, okay, according to what has already had been written down before. So we don't have a whole lot of time yet, so I, we're going to start that start chapter four and remember in some sense just because we have chapters here it's an ongoing story (laughs) you know all right there's no okay change your whole mind and we're going to something new no it's the same principles that are being laid down so and this is all the further i want to go in uh john four this week so then the master knew that the Pharisees had heard that Yeshua uh, made, uh, made and emerged more than the taught ones than John. Although Yeshua himself did not, emerge, did not baptize or emerge, but it was his taught ones. So it's kind of interesting here. You find this in John 4. So whatever that dispute was going on, you see it travels into chapter 4 here. But the Pharisees are taking note, okay? They're looking, okay, well, John, he was baptizing a lot, but then a whole bunch of them are going to uh, over here to this other prophet, this Yeshua or Jesus character. Yes? Well, you know, uh, teacher, uh, Jeremiah chapter 4 says something close to that when it says circumcise yourselves to Yahweh take away the foreskins of your heart and you men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem let my wrath go forth like fire and burn so that uh, none can quench it because the evil of your doings yes yeah it's not perfect but no it's the same idea and the same concept thank you dad and we see that being repeated so, here we see, uh, here in uh, the beginning of John, the Pharisees heard that Yeshua uh, made and immersed was was growing. So whatever Yeshua is doing, his taught ones um, that 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 seemed to be uh, a growing crowd following Yeshua. But I did want to point out here, do you see that Yahshua himself did not immerse? That's what John is saying. But it was his taught ones. And maybe that was the whole dispute. Oh, you need 
to be baptized by John. If you're not baptized by John, you're not saved or that's the proper way to go about it. And, but it's interesting, it just says blatantly, his taught ones, those who are following him. Maybe Yeshua was just saying, you're following me? Go and baptize your own mom and dad, your family, all right, into this whole thing, okay? And maybe that's out of line and doesn't fit a lot of uh, maybe structures that people are saying. So, which I think is interesting that that concept is here because that's how we look at it. We had, uh, with our baptisms, when we do them, we have, like, if we had fathers with their sons, we want their fathers to baptize their sons. We, th we think that's important. That should be okay. It's just, it's just not my job or Mark's job to do baptizing people. You, you know what I mean? You need to learn these things. And then you, 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 we're to repeat what Yeshua does. So why I, did, I only wanted to go uh, that, uh, that far, we have one more minute. If there's any more comments, then I want to leave you what, what we're going to do next week. It's some kind of homework, some reading homework. So what I want to do then uh, next week, so as this goes on, but uh, it says in two, although Yahshua himself did not immerse, but it was his taught ones. And he left uh, Judea, I would say, and went away uh, again to the Galilee area, okay? And he had to pass through uh, 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 Samaria, or Samarang, Samaria, uh, to, get, to get to where he was going. So he came to a city of uh, Samaron, or in Samaria, called Shechem, near the, uh, the piece of land Jacob gave to his son Joseph. So what I want you to do, I want you to, to by next week, if you have time, please make time, go check out all the things that happened in Shechem. Because Yeshua, we're going, next week, we're going to read that he, what goes on here in Shechem, and we need to know the background. And I think if we know the background, then we know more of what Messiah is talking about, or at least it puts it in context, okay? So let me, if there's nothing else, let me close in prayer, and then next week we're going to talk about Yeshua and Shechem. Father Yehovah, we give you great thanks. Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you for your, your spirit that empowers us to overcome anything that comes before us. We, we thank you, Father. We thank you for your love and your mercy. Amen. Shabbat shalom. I'm glad all of you guys are here today and those online. Thank you for joining us, and we'll be back next week. And uh, in the meantime, come back here in the next 20, 30 minutes for our main service. Shabbat shalom. Amen.